Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Because I'm free. excited today because we have a special guest that my wife is going to introduce to you today. <laughs> We're very excited today to have Jessica Goodman with us, who we've known for a Ever. long time. Hey, so we're excited to have Jessie with us today. She is here, and she's going to be talking about the things that she's doing in her ministry. She's a great songwriter, great voice. We feature her her music at the beginning and at the end so that we can you can actually know who she is. We brought her on today, and we're going to be talking about some of the things that she's doing now, including the ministry school and, and, and different things and different songs that she's written in the past that you will be familiar with and also that what we're going to be doing in the or what she's going to be doing in the future. So we're excited to have you today. Thank you for having me. So what is going on with you lately? I know that, that uh, I, I did read just recently that you started a ministry school in your home for specifically surrounding worship, correct? You yes. want to talk about that for a few minutes, yeah? Yeah, so I just launched a ministry called Pilgrim Song, and the theme behind that is raising up a tribe of worshipers who aren't in it for money or fame or getting songs out, you know, and all of those things. It's not a stage ministry, although we might hop on a stage sometimes, but um, it's raising up people who think like pilgrims, who know that they're living for heaven and not earth. They're not living for the applause of man. They're living for the audience of one. And of course, the song part has to do with music and worship. And so I say that we're raising up a tribe that lives for heaven, not earth. And it's a ministry that is called to unveil the beauty of the Lord, and which is a word that God spoke to me a couple of weeks ago. He said, I want you to spend the rest of your life unveiling my beauty to people. So, so who can come to this and how do they contact you for to, to get involved in it? Do you have like a curriculum you're using or, or, or tell us about that? So within Pilgrim Song is anything that I'm doing creatively. If I'm booked at a church to come lead worship or any books or articles I might be working on to do with worship or creative arts, we have the Pilgrim Song newsletter, which is a really fun email format that just gets people together to collaborate on projects they're working on and share in that experience. And then we also do this six to eight week course called the Pilgrim Pilgrim Song School of Worship. And that's been going really well. We just launched our first one. We have about 11 students who gather in my home each week, and we just drink coffee and have some snacks. And then we just gather around and dive into books like Passion for Jesus, The Practice of the Presence of God, of course, a ton of scripture, and just studying God's beauty 
uh, what it means to delight in him and not just songs, but that it's more than that. It's outreach, it's compassion, it's loving God in every moment of the day and how to really live in communion with him. And we also have just started talking about the glory of the Lord, which is really exciting because even just starting to talk about it, you feel him begin to respond. Yes. And so I know lives are being changed just by being willing to come together and be hungry and go after Jesus You know, together. one of the, my wife's favorite topics is the glory of the Lord. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I remember being in, in your mom and dad's church in Lakeland years and years ago, and she taught on the glory of the Lord. And I remember very profound services where God would move in that environment. And so, uh, you know, I think that's something that the church sometimes has not really tapped into uh, because for whatever reason. And, and, and the, the kabod, the glory, right. the weightiness of mm-hmm. the Lord, when it comes in a service, it changes things. Mm-hmm. And, and I could talk about that for a while because it's just an, a, a massive experience that people need. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's the reason I say massive is because it is the heaviness of the Lord. And, and, and what, you know, we were in camp meeting one year and uh, Floyd Lahan was there. Mm-hmm. And, was there. <laughs> and when Floyd was there, it, it was amazing to me because there's 5,000 people in the building and God is moving in that, that situation. Mm-hmm. And, and when he was up talking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the power of God fell into place. And what was significant to me was you didn't even hear babies crying or anything so it was really really profound and so so mm-hmm. when, when when we talk about the glory that's something that we can really really get into and, and go with so right and as he pointed out that's one of my favorite subjects and, and there's hardly ever a time when um, we haven't taught on the glory of God or preached about the glory of God that God did not crash into the place and completely wrecked the place mm-hmm. and people were, were scarcely able to stand. It's a whole different type of service when you begin to talk about his glory and, and the beauty of God. And um, I know personally you said you've really been focusing on that. I have been going through something that when I read in the book of Revelations, anytime we get to a section on the bride, yeah. I get wrecked. Like, I physically get overcome when I get to that section and try to read it. I just get so overcome by the presence of God Mm -hmm. when I start talking about the bride. But one of the things that you mentioned that um, really stuck out to me, you said this isn't about being on a stage. That's something you know about. So for our viewers, just give them a little background where God brought you. You spent a season on stage a lot and then, you know, transitioned for a time off of stage. Yeah, so I grew up in the church and being on stage singing and doing kind of the religious thing, lots of church services, but I had never experienced the glory. And so around the age of 17, long time ago, um, I just started getting really hungry and miserable and just churched out. That's all. That's the only way I know how to explain it. It's like, okay, we're singing all these songs. We're coming to church week after week. Why am I so miserable? Why do I feel so disconnected from God and shame and all of these things that were weighing me down? And I just began to search his word for myself. And also my father, who was our pastor at the time, started teaching on the glory and started teaching from one of my favorite books called Glory by Ruth Ward Heflin. Yes. It will mess you up. It's an yes. older book. and but so powerful. It teaches some of the basic patterns that, like you said, many people are missing. 
um, but praising and to worship and to glory. Yes. You know, praise until the spirit of worship comes, worship until the glory comes, and then stand in the glory. And so we started studying and just diving into these teachings on worship, like real worship and the pattern of how that can bring you into that deep, heavy, weighty presence of God. And so we started getting wrecked. I started getting set free, even in my singing, even in my worship, because I'd always done music and I'd written songs and I played the piano and I did all the outward things. But like the Bible says in the Old Testament, when God reprimands his people and says, you're worshiping with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. And that's how I felt every Sunday. I was coming to church and singing on the worship team, but my heart was far from God. And what the glory did was it brought me right on in to being very close to God and changed my hardened heart, gave me a new heart. And then we started visiting a historic revival and got even more changed by God because they were allowing the glory to come. And you talk about stages. I don't think there's anything wrong with a stage, but what we had been missing was thinking it was about the stage, thinking it was about like the end goal is for me to get my song heard or get my music out there. And so I kept trying to push these doors open for a music career. And, and honestly, we get to this revival and God just kind of knocks me on my face. And he says, I order your steps, like stop trying to push doors open, go after me. And I became so hungry for Jesus. I didn't even care about that stuff anymore. I didn't care if I ever sang again for anybody else. I was so in love with Jesus. And of course, as he would do, that's the very time he said, okay, I can trust you now. And then he just started busting doors wide open all over the nation for me to go sing, lead worship, record albums. I mean, be a part of the Brownsville worship team for a while. And so, you know, when that was the revival you were talking about, the historic revival was Brownsville. But when we start to prioritize him and we we learn how to entertain the Lord and we don't care about entertaining people anymore, then the beauty of that blessing is he rewards us back and he can trust us with ministering to people because then it's about him and not us. So that's what happened to me. Because he won't share his glory. And one of the things that we have found as traveling evangelists, Mm -hmm. because we were, I I like to say revivalists, Mm -hmm. um, for years, and what we have seen, and we've tried to to educate the churches that we've pastored um, on this, is you you mentioned a pattern, which we've Mm -hmm. talked about Mm -hmm. um, to our church. It's praise. You praise until you worship, until the spirit of worship Mm -hmm. comes. You worship until the glory falls. You stand in the glory. What we found that a lot of churches are missing or people in general are missing mm-hmm. is they never stay long enough to press right. into mm-hmm. the Holy of Holies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is where the glory falls. Right. So we, we praise a little bit, we, we worship, and then, you know, we, we cut it short. As the glory is getting ready to fall, we mm-hmm. stop. And so we don't stand in that glory. We never enter into the Holy of Holies. And, it, and you know, mm-hmm. he knows, of mm-hmm. course, he's an awesome worship leader, too. Um, there's a difference. There's an atmosphere shift. There's something different that happens. Um, there's a place beyond the worship where the atmosphere changes, the glory falls, and you feel like you've entered into mm-hmm. the Holy of Holies. It's a different experience. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons that I keep my eyes shut during worship is because I can't focus on the people. Right. When I focus on people, I, it really messes up the whole process. Mm-hmm. And so I have to sing to the Lord, mm-hmm. unto the Lord. And, and when I do, I find out that we go places as a congregation mm-hmm. that we otherwise would not have, mm-hmm. have gone. And, you know, you, you're talking about patterns, and Dick Rubin did a, a, a thing on, uh, on the pattern. And 
actually, he said, when the pattern is right, the glory will fall. And, and he had it absolutely correct. And, and so, so I enjoyed that. And then David Hogan, who's a, a great man of God that really has impacted my life. And uh, he, he, w- he would say there are certain things that we have to get right. We fast, right. we pray, we worship, we obey. We fast, we pray, we worship, we obey, and we read the Word. We stay in the Word because when you do, because the Bible tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you want more than just the go-to-church experience, I think people get worn out from just going to church. Absolutely. We have to do more than just go to church and go home. At some point in time, things have got to change. So you're sharing this in your school right now, and and we, uh, you know, how are people receiving that? Beautifully. It's like they haven't drank water in years, and I am bringing this big pot of fresh water. (laughs) So... That's one of the prerequisites um, is when they apply, you know, I ask them questions about their relationship with God, give me a few reasons why you want to do a school like this, you know, because it's not a typical school. It's not a professor and a bunch of desks giving out dry information. We gather together to go after Jesus, but the theology behind it is about that, is about why we do that, how we do that. So. First of all, you're not going to fit in very well if you're not hungry for God. So that'll kind of weed it out, right? So, um, but most of the people have been mesmerized. Um, we had a kid there. He's maybe 18 or 19. We had a kid Tuesday night at the school, and the glory of God began to fall, and he's not quite used to that. He was a different religion only a few months ago, and I kept checking over. He was sitting in the corner with his hands up and just mumbling prayers, eyes closed, just really getting blessed by the Lord and the atmosphere of the glory. I kept looking to see if he was going to bail on us or how he would react, but he never opened his eyes for like 45 minutes and just soaked it all in, just like, yes, this is so refreshing, you know. But I think, like you said, people just don't know. They don't even know what they're missing, and people are scared to teach about it because they're scared of it because they want control. Yep. I mean, maybe go there for a couple minutes, but sure. you've got to be willing to give God total control. You know, Or we're afraid. Maybe we feel ashamed. But we need to remember that because of the blood of Jesus, it says that the veil is torn. Yes. And it's the enemy who wants us to keep who wants to keep us out of that holy of holies and he puts shame in our minds and he tries to bring up the past and all the things that are forgiven so that we don't enter in the holy of holies the very place where we're changed even more yes you know know? i'm reminded a little bit when you say you were watching him to see if he's going to run or what (laughs) we we had a service that was actually in, in the highlands church years and years ago uh and we had some people and the glory of god was just falling i mean people mm-hmm. were just getting uh, blitzed really in tra- <laughs> completely, house wrecked. completely wrecked completely wrecked and, okay. and well, can i describe that just sure. a minute? did you go there i mean to the point i know this may seem odd for some viewers but literally we felt like uh, we knew that a cloud had settled into the building and it was lingering in the uh, mm. in the altar area mm. and so we told the people we said the glory of god is here in this area and if you want to experience that very reverently get out of your seat and move forward people were getting out of their seat and moving into the aisle and they couldn't walk if you remember um they could not walk they were some of them were literally crawling mm-hmm. under the presence of god to move i can remember your brother jason mm-hmm. literally only made it so far he fell on his face and he was army crawling into the presence of god 
people were weeping and just responding in, with, in such a heavy way to that presence. But tell, tell them about the, you go ahead. So it's, <laughs> it's, you know, God is moving in such a miraculous way like this. And I remember looking back and along the back wall was about four people and they were frozen in their seat, <laughs> like just sitting, just as it, it immobile, just, just frozen. And I thought to myself, how in the world can they just be sitting there? The glory of God is here. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> and so the next day, this, they were visitors. I didn't know that. We were guests ourselves. Um, so they were guests. That's their first time being there. They called your mom. And they said, hey, we just wanted to connect with you, tell you how much we were impacted by the service last night. We have never been in a service like that before in our life. And we were physically unable to move. We were riveted to our seat and electricity was shooting down our body. And the Lord told me, he said, don't ever judge. Not literal electricity. Yeah, right. no, not literal, but, you know, just just moving through their body, this this feeling of electricity. And the Lord told me right then, he, he just kind of got on to me a little bit. He said, don't ever judge from the outside again what I am doing on the inside because these people had never experienced anything like that before. They didn't know what to do and they couldn't, they physically couldn't move. Uh, you mentioned uh, Psalms 27, 4 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Yes. So what has God been speaking to you through that verse? And kind of explain that a little bit to us, what you're seeing. Well, it's always been one of my favorite passages, Psalm 27, top to bottom, but 2020, and probably a lot of people can say this, was the worst year of my life. I won't go into all the reasons why, but I I firmly believe that the enemy tried to take me out, and I mean completely take me out, and I got to such a low point that I could not even mentally focus on how to get out of that place, knowing all that I know about worship, knowing all that I know about the beauty of God, but my mind was so weary and my thoughts were so negative and my thoughts were so on my circumstances, right? And we know that that's not a good thing, but sometimes you feel like you're stuck there, you know? And so God spoke to me and he said, I want you to study the beauty of God. So God put it on my heart to stop looking at my circumstances and the negative things going on and to look at him and to start beholding him again and living out Psalm 27, four. And he actually said, I want you to spend the rest of your life unveiling the beauty of God. Wow. And so he meant unveiling it to myself, but also basically I want you to rise up and launch a ministry that is all about this. And so I'd had that idea in my heart for a few years about you know the music and worship ministry that I wanted to do and the training, but I had gotten to such a low place. You know, you, you start to feel like, God, am I ever going to do any of these things that you told me to do? Like, I never knew this was going to happen. What do I do now? And what's going to happen to this dream and this ministry? I can barely even function. You know, I was so depressed. But I, I started studying God's beauty. And I'm telling you, within literally about two weeks, I felt completely set free. And I mean, like, miracle. Like, I, I didn't even realize it had happened for a couple of days. It was February 1st and 2nd is when God did this kind of combined miracle work. A couple days go by, and I'm like, I'm back. I'm back. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm out of that place of 
oppression and intimidation and fear and just feeling like this is never going to get better. And it's because I started focusing on his beauty. And even David says, delighting in your perfections. David knew if you, if you read Psalm 27, it's covered in conflict, right? He never gets out of his circumstances, but he learns the one thing, the one secret within that is to find God's beauty in the middle of it. That's why there's scriptures like, you know, um, in the presence of your enemies, in the presence of your enemies, I'll set up a table before you. God puts his presence right in the middle of conflict a lot. (laughs) We want to get out of our trials. He wants to get into them and show a side of himself that we can only see through suffering, but we don't want to suffer. Right. But I've learned that some of my most precious times and most intimate times with the Lord have been through suffering. And so I just started studying that and God started lifting all that darkness off of me and even birthing a new ministry through this. And he said, I want you to spend your life unveiling my beauty. And things like, you know, when you look at Psalm 27, yeah, it's covered in conflict. So you learn to praise him and and gaze at his beauty through conflict. But you also learn things about the religious church right now and what they're missing because it says, it actually says the one thing he seeks is to dwell in the temple, Right. right? To live in God's house. But then he tells us why. He didn't want to be there to play music or preach sermons or make a name for himself. It literally says, God, the one thing I ask, the one thing I seek the most, so we got to get rid of some other pursuits. We've got to make this our one thing that we seek more than anything else, and that's going to take some discipline, right? That's going to take some taking up our cross, getting rid of some things, getting off of some of our screen time, and just whatever your hang-up is, you can't go after a hundred other things and Jesus at the same time. So you've got to really focus, but he said, One thing I ask is to dwell in your house forever so that I may gaze on your beauty. See, that was the reason. The one thing was to be in the house of God. A lot of people go to the house of God all the time, Sunday, Wednesday, conferences, all the things. But why do they go? And I think that's so key. We've got to learn our motives. We've got to realize, like you said, it it doesn't change us to just go to a church building. We've got to get it ignited in our heart that the reason we're obsessed with being there or wherever we want to pursue God is so that we find his beauty and his presence and his glory, not for our own pursuits. Right, right. One of the things God's been speaking to us and really, really dropped in my spirit um, at the onstart of COVID and the lockdown was personal revival Mm -hmm. and seeking him personally. And, um, you know, that requires a sacrifice of worship in our personal time Mm -hmm. so that when we come together corporately, you know, we've been doing that all week. Well, Lord, we just thank you for your beauty. And we pray that you would teach us to worship in the beauty of your holiness as your word instructs us to do, not our holiness or how holy we think we are. God, worship is not about us. It's about you. And so I pray for everyone watching today, God, that, Lord, if they feel like there's a veil over their eyes, God, if they feel like there's something blocking them from entering into that beauty of the Lord and that worship and that glory, God, I pray that you would lift the veil off, God. And those that may not even know you, maybe they're religious, maybe they attend church, but they don't really know the beauty of Jesus. 
God, I pray that you would let the scales fall off of their eyes, God. And I pray that just as you have set me free, just as you have been so faithful, God, to come through for me and bring an encounter, Lord, that brought me out of the pit. God, Psalm 30, you brought me out of the pit. Lord, it may take a while, but God, if we are patient, God, if we wait patiently for you, God, you will deliver us. God, I pray for anybody in a pit right now. God, if it's a pit of depression or sickness, God, or family problems or financial problems, God, anything, God, that would obstruct their view of of your beauty. God, addiction, I pray that it would fall off right now in Jesus' name. And God, I just pray for you to set them free, God, like you have set me free, Lord. And set them free, God, not just to feel better, but to be able to look up and behold your beauty with fresh eyes in Jesus' name. Amen. Even as um, you're praying, I just got the name Alice. Mm. And um, if you're watching or listening, Alice, I I just literally saw like a lot of cobwebs, like Mm. um, cobwebs in your mind. Like you've not, it's been such a rough uh, season for you that you've not even felt like you could have a clear thought. And you've been feeling hopeless and like the pit's just getting deeper. And I just feel like, with Jessica's story, even how God come into her circumstances, that God is wanting to do that for you and to clear the cobwebs and bring um, a revelation of his beauty to you. And as, as that comes to you, that you're going to find freedom. So we just pray for you right now, Alice, we release freedom into your life. We just say that you're going to have an experience and an encounter with God, that even now as you're watching or listening, that you feel the presence of God overflowing uh, into your life right now, and that you have revelation of him. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, guess what? It's time to go. It's time time to go already, but uh, we're going to have Jesse back, yes. and we hope that you'll come back with us and join us again. Thank you for tuning in today. If you have any prayer requests, be sure and contact us. You can contact us at our ministry site, cornerstonegm.org, and if you want to support us, you can do it there. Also, one, one more thing that I want to do. Uh, Jesse, while people are here, if they, had, uh, if they wanted to contact you, if they want to donate to your ministry, want to tell them how they can do that. Hey, so thanks for listening today and for supporting what God has me up to lately. If you want to hear more about it or donate and help us out, um, you can email me at pilgrimsong27, that's for Psalm 27, pilgrimsong27 at gmail.com. You can also donate through PayPal. Just find my name and that email address, and you should be able to easily donate. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. So find me, friend me, and let's do this together.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa, L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson, or you can follow our ministries at My Salt Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.